0: and welcome to the ArborPod Detective Dendro Series. Today's guest is Sharon Lilly in the case of Justin's junipers. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arbiculture. It was a drizzly Friday, the fourth wet day that week, but that's normal in late April. I was catching up with a few consulting reports, and Coded was across the room splicing a new split tail. Distracted, I was mentally putting together an ingredient list to make a potato leek soup when the ring of the phone jarred me from my thoughts. Dendro here. Hi, my name's Justin Time. I smiled but held back the chuckle. I know, I know, my parents had a weird sense of humor. My twin brother's name is Mark. Anyway, I'm calling about a problem in my landscape. Go on, I said, putting the phone on speaker mode and motioning for Coded to listen in. Well, I have this planting of junipers. Actually, my brother-in-law said they're eastern red cedars. Juniperus Virginiana. He's one of those guys who seems to know everything, or at least he thinks he does. And what seems to be the problem, Justin? I asked. There are lots of these bright orange balls on them. Well, not exactly balls. They have these gooey-looking orange uh, legs coming out of them. They're about the size of gumballs, except the orange leg thingies make them bigger. Anyway, they're gross and a little creepy. I muted the phone and looked at Coded. What's the next question I'm going to ask Justin? I know this one. You're going to ask if he has an apple or a crab apple. Malice species tree nearby. Coda beamed with satisfaction. He unmuted the phone for me. I don't suppose, Justin, that there are any apple trees, crab apple trees, or even hawthorns in the vicinity, I inquired, grinning at my assistant. How did you know that? The junipers are planted directly under a group of crab apples. They were all planted a few years ago by my brother in law. I rocked back in my chair, sighing under my breath. Well, Justin, I know what the problem is, but helping you decide how to manage it will require a site visit, which we did. Coded and I made arrangements with Justin, and I grabbed my Gore-Tex jacket off the hook. Come on, Coded, we can stop for lunch on the way back. When we arrived at the site, I was pleased to see that Justin's property backed up to an oak hickory woods, and he had no close neighbors. That would make the tree owner's forthcoming management decisions a little easier. "'Justin greeted us as we walked up his driveway. "'Thanks for coming on such short notice,' he said, walking us over to the planting. "'I can't believe these ugly orange things. "'They came out of nowhere. "'I'm certain they weren't there last week,' I explained. "'The jelly-like orange tendrils weren't, "'but they grew out of some hard galls that were already there. "'The recent rains triggered their development. "'They are spore horns of a fungus called cedar apple rust.' Gymnosporangium juniperi virginiae. Your crabapples look great. Just coming into bloom, but how did they look last year? Come to think of it, they did look pretty crappy as the summer went on. In fact, the leaves looked kind of rusty. Yeah, rust, just like you said. This is actually a fascinating fungus. It requires two alternate hosts. In this case, the juniper and the crabapple. Coded, why don't you explain the life cycle? As Dendro said, the fungus requires both hosts to complete its complex life cycle. It spends a year on the junipers. The second spring, when it rains a lot and the crabs are beginning to bloom, the gall starts to swell and those ugly spore horns come out of the galls. The spores can travel in the wind for a few miles, but they're most likely to infect susceptible species nearby. A couple of weeks later, little yellow spots develop on the leaves of the crabapple, or apple or hawthorn, or even quince. Later, the fungus develops the rusty-looking spots on the foliage and sometimes the fruit, and then little orangish hairs develop and produce another kind of spore. In the late summer, I added, those spores will be blown or washed to the junipers in the area. It is a two-year cycle for all the stages to be completed. In fact, this fungus produces four different kinds of spores, but that isn't important now. Cote cocked an eyebrow and started counting on his left hand. This is one of three very similar rust diseases. The others are cedar hawthorn rust, Gymnosporangium globosum, and cedar quince rust, Gymnosporangium clavipas. I wish I could say that they each affected their namesakes exclusively, but all of them seem to affect several different junipers and several plants in the rose family. Apples, pears, pyrus, hawthorns, cratagus, service berries, Flowering Quinces, Canomelis, and others. Is it going to kill either of my junipers or crabapples? No, probably not, I replied. But it can be disfiguring and unsightly. The reason I wanted to come out and take a look is to see what other juniper and rose family plants you have in the area. The client spun around and surveyed the landscape, taking everything in with a slightly different eye. I continued, You see, because the disease requires both hosts to complete its life cycle... It is often controlled simply by avoiding having both plants in the area. You have to keep in mind, though, that plants on neighboring properties can provide spores. What about spraying something? It's one option. You could spray the crabapples with a protectant fungicide. You have to do at least three sprays each spring, and it is already getting late for the first one. Once the symptoms appear, it is too late. You can also spray the junipers starting in late summer. And it also helps to pluck off the galls. Justin frowned. mister Time was out of time. That sounds expensive. It can be. That's why we like to control it culturally by not having both hosts in the landscape. You might consider removing either the crab apples or the junipers, I suggested. I always hated those prickly junipers anyway. My wife would kill me if I cut down the crab apples. I don't see any of the junipers in the surrounding properties of the woods. "'Do you have any others on your property in particular?' "'No, these are the only ones. I guess we can take them out. "'I just need to explain all this to my wife.' "'We settled up with Justin for the consultation and climbed back into the truck. "'My assistant grumbled and scratched his chin. "'I wish we could educate people not to plant both hosts in their landscape.' "'I'd be happy just to educate the professionals,' I added. "'Let's go get some lunch. I'm in the mood for some potato leek soup.' We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just log in at the ISA store, click on online CEU quizzes, and find the Detective Dendro quizzes. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arbiculture.